everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Let's Talk About It With Days. This is la parte dos con la sexóloga. La do- How can we prepare ourselves as women with eight to keep wanting sex? Maya, that is such like out of all the questions you sent me, like in, in terms of women, that is such an important question. Really, really, really important. One of them is education. You really need to understand what's really happening with education with your body, like what's happening internally um, and and be able to recognize that pleasure is your right. Pleasure is your right as a woman. Mm-hmm. And we Latinas, you know, we have a lot of pleasure. We have a lot of fun, la familia, los hijos, la comida. Um, but many times, you know, our, our moms and our grandmas have, have taught us, I mean, with a great intent, I'm not going to put them down, you know, this role of pobrecita and the victim and, and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. It just takes us out. So you need to understand and why you want to bring education. You want to understand if your if your body all of a sudden starts changing, it could be health. You know, and what is it that you can do about it? Like what do you need to do? And there's something called erotic intelligence. And women need to understand that. And erotic intelligence is being able to be creative in bed. Things, when anything in life gets really monotony, what it does, you start losing it. You really need to bring creativity to the bedroom. And one day, you know, you guys could be enjoying like these two fun positions. But eventually, you know, you need to change that. And as we get older, our body changes. It's like, you know, before it was so romantic, you would go out to dinner and then you have to come home, you have sex. Well, when you get older, going out to dinner and you come home, your body's not, doesn't digest the food as well. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to home, you want to go to sleep, you don't want to have sex. Right. So mm-hmm. you miss that opportunity. So if you understand that that's happening in your body, well, you plan the sex prior to the dinner. Okay. Or your dinner comes earlier, way before you get to the set, you know, way, you know, earlier, early dinner. So then you can get in the evening. So understanding your body, understanding that there is different ways to please oneself and being creative in the bedroom. It's really a lot of fun because you really get to rediscover yourselves. And when you're with the same partner, you're going to change. You're not the same. It's like, I'm sure, Daisy, are you the same person you were five years ago? I am not. And with that, that comes my personal question to you after you answered this question is my husband and I have a, a big age gap. Um, He's eight years older than me. And I feel like that my sex drive is a little slower right now. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. And I assume that it was going to be him not wanting it later on in age because I he was going to be older than me. I was I've always been afraid of that. I've always been afraid of me wanting it, him not wanting it and vice versa because of the age gap. And I feel right now he's at his peak point where he's always wanting it. And I'm just like, geez, give me a break. You know what I mean? Um, so that's my question to you. Like, is that normal at a certain age to not want it? Because I have, I do have friends that say like, man, he wants it all the time. And I just don't have it in me to do it all the time right now. Yeah, it is normal that, um, that you in, in terms of age that you don't have the same libido. But women's libido tends to go up as you get older, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> it does. 
especially when you learn to become multi-orgasmic. Women can have orgasms anywhere between 3, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50 orgasms. Wow. Women have uh, orgasms in the clitoris, in the G-spot, in the A-spot, which is in the internally, anal. They have it in the whole uterus. They have it on their nipples. They have orgasms in their body. So the more they understand the body and their own body, they can connect to that, and you're more willing to be con connected to the sexual. Now, what makes it fun for the guy is that they learn to discover your body with you. Okay. So it it really is about this con this erotic intelligence about continuing to grow. So even if there's an age difference, you can still continue to be uh, active. Right. So it could be different, but it doesn't mean it could not be satisfying. Now, there needs to be also a, a compromise. Let's say he wants it six times per week. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? I'm happy twice or once a week. Well, then maybe compromise to the third one. The third one would be a quickie and then two are pretty intense to where you can orgasm more and you find it more satisfying, more satisfying, and you learn to get into that state of, of pleasure quicker. Tell me if I'm wrong, but, and we joke about this with my friends where we said, uno bueno, and then we're good for like a week. Or muchos, like you said, muchos quickies, and then it's like, pero no, no son buenos because they're they're quickies. So I always joke about it with my husband. I'm like, uno bueno, that's all I need, uno bueno, and then we're good for like a week. Yeah, yeah, no, the the quickies don't satisfy women. Women are not into quickies. The only way you you learn to satisfy in a quickie, if women is so sexual that she can actually turn herself on that quick too with them. I don't think that's possible. Well, at least not for me personally. I It, it is possible. I'll, I'll play with it. I'll play with it. But it's it's nothing that it like, que a mí me guste, la verdad. It's like, for what? Like, there's no way that I can get turned on that fast, you know, to where like a quickie is enough. There's no yeah. way. But yeah. there's often times where that's all that's also good in your relationship when you have teens and you're like, hey, pues un rapido, rapido, y yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is this is the, this is when you both this is where erotic intelligence comes in and, and, and it becomes fun. Let's say it's a quickie. So there's a little kissing and going and there's some happening. He doesn't go in there until you orgasm at least once. Oh, OK. Yeah. And generally, there is that touching, the petting, and the little kissing going on. And maybe on the quickie, that's when you get to use your toy. Okay, we're getting somewhere. We're getting yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so you get to use the toy. You know, you get there, you orgasm, and as soon as you 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 orgasm, then he goes in there, and you're and you're already throbbing because see what happens as soon as you start orgasming, your um your internal orgasm in this, this is holding the canal starts actually the muscles are all around start contracting. So your orgasm, he goes in there ready for the quickie, you contract, you contract, you contract, you contract, like a kegel. Mm -hmm. You actually start coming inside and then he comes in and there you have a fun little quickie. What nice quickie. <laughs> yeah. So those can actually happen, but you really have to be in a relationship where you can have the communication and you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Right. But, but because if the man, let's say someone, uh, a couple is hearing this and then he starts, ¿Ves? Te dije. 
te digo y no te apuras, o sea, es tu problema. That does not work. Right. That is not powerful. That is not inducive to that. What should be like, can we try? Can we figure it out how we can create that so we can have at least one quickie a week? And you can also find pleasure. Right. And it's and not, maybe, it doesn't feel forced. Yes. Got it. Doctor, I, I, um, muchas conversaciones que yo he tenido con mis amistades de lo que a una mujer no le a lo que a una mujer no le gusta y a los hombres les gusta, que es sexo oral. A muchas mm -hmm. mujeres no les gusta hacerlo. Um, I'm not going to speak in personal terms, but there are a lot of women also find that pleasuring for them. ¿Tú, ¿Usted qué recomienda a una mujer que no le gusta el sexo oral? O sea, perform it y que al marido, like, loves it. Mira, te voy a decir, uh, voy a compartir con toda tu audiencia que una de las cosas que más le gusta al hombre, número uno, la mayoría, es el sexo oral. Okay. Entonces, lo que es muy importante que la mujer que platique por qué no le gusta el sexo oral con el hombre. Uno de los motivos es de que unos hombres no tienen higiene. Uh -huh. Entonces, si es eso, es importante que un hombre tenga higiene. La otra cosa es de que cuando hay sexo oral, los hombres agarran a la mujer de la cabeza y las no las sueltan y las forzan. Entonces esa experiencia del sexo oral, en vez de se sienten como que se están ahogando, forzado, se sienten forzadas, se sienten como que... Entonces esa experiencia, en vez de ser algo para darle a tu pareja con amor y el hombre que la reciba, uh -huh. este, se convierte en algo muy desagradable para el hombre, para la mujer. Entonces, I have heard it from friends that that's an issue. Like they say, I don't have a, a problem performing it. Pero ya que sienta forzado, como tú dices, que agarras la cabeza y sienta así como que you're forcing me to do it, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, es las agarran. Y eso lo ves en, en la pornografía. Las agarran de la cabeza y las forzan. Mm -hmm. Y es donde la mujer dice, this hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Y yeah. lo que el hombre no se, no se pone a pensar es de que she's got the teeth. Yeah, we can bite. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't, Don't go there. Upset. Don't make us upset, especially not during that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's go into another question. Dice, is it okay to please your partner with sexual fantasies, even if it's something that you don't desire? Okay. This works Let's, both ways. Women yeah. men. You know, it just depends on the fantasy. Like, let's say there's some men or some women that have these fetishes on toe sucking or shoe sucking. Weird ones. <laughs> But it's 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 actually more common than you realize. Um, and, and, and in fact, when um, the brain shows that when where a woman is having an orgasm right next to are the toes. So if you look at the brain, if you do a scan, you can actually see it. But anyway. Let's say depends, going back to your question, just depends on what is asked on the fantasy. If there is a fantasy where you feel you're going to get hurt, then that's not satisfying, where, where it's not going to work. Um, and also is knowing how to play out the fantasy. So yes, it's wonderful to have fantasies in a relationship. But again, we need to think about what type of fantasy are we talking about? So it's you know? important to talk about it before even pleasing someone or oh my yes to totally yeah it is for example um like for some men they like anal sex 
For them, that's that could be a fantasy. And women don't like it. And the reason women do really dislike it is because the man does not know how to create that experience in a way that could be enjoyable for her. Right. So it's really the approach to things. Um, you know, another thing, for example, um, porno. A lot of the things that porno teaches in terms of fantasies to put objects inside the anus or put objects inside the woman's canal. Mm -hmm. So if those things are happening and that's a guy's fantasy, well, sometimes they end up in the hospital, in the ER. Right. Because so, of that. So like, like, I do believe fantasies should be expressed and enjoyed with the couple. Totally. But then also we need, need to think about, is this fantasies? Where is this coming from? Can it be executed in the way that becomes fun and joyful? And sometimes, you know, you got to give the person a little time to kind of figure out the game into this fantasy. Right. You mentioned anal sex. Do you think that a lot of people obviously don't like it? Do you think anal sex is normal? It is, it is normal. There's actually sexual play uh, for both men and women. It is, there's a lot of centers, of nerve endings that are pleasurable. What doesn't work is the execution of it all. Uh, men, you know, just kind of go and just put it in there. And there needs to be an understanding on how to create it in a way that could be beautiful. And, and it doesn't always have to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And it is true that someone may not, like, for example, if someone has like hemorrhoids, it may not be the best thing. Right. Already painful as is, right? Yes. Is it healthy to allow a third party into your sexual relationship? No. It is not healthy. It's not. And, and let me tell you, I work with couples that are polyamorous and I help them navigate through polyamory. For those that don't know, polyamory is when you're allowed to engage in other individuals, love someone else in, in part of their relationship. So you can have threesomes, foursomes, you can, you know, you can go out with another partner. So I help them navigate through that. But if we are talking about a monogamous relationship that is so strong and beautiful and they love who they are, generally when a third party comes in, something shifts into a lot of the couples. Okay. So if a couple decides that that's what they want, they need to really create lots of rules. Like, I mean, lots of rules. Like, what does that look like? You know, are you going to bring in a friend? You're that, That's going to affect the relationship. Is this just a fantasy? Can you fantasize the right. person? I was going to ask that. So what if a fantasy is a threesome, bringing a third party into your relationship? That is like the number one fantasy of a man, a threesome. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. You do research and you ask them, and that's really in. So it's it's more common than we think for a lot of people. The problem is again is what happens, you know, when you bring in this. Let's imagine Daisy, you you have this new woman shows up in the bedroom, and you have a couple drinks, and generally that's what women do to be able to handle the situation. And then you notice that he's touching her more. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is this? I'm your wife. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, um, and then she has this amazing figure and you're like, 
like, you know, what are you going to do with that? The jealousy and all. So all of these problems start showing up with it. So what if it's yeah. agreeable to a one-time thing? Do you think it's a one-time thing once you agree to it? It can, it can, you know, but it is really, you have to have that type of relationship where you know, that's where you stand. And like, what are the parameters that you're going to create? It really takes a big, you know, it really takes some to be able to create that, you know, but if you're going to create it around the network that you have, you're going to be kind of like swimming in that place, you know, like you really enjoyed this chocolate and you know where the chocolate is, you know how to get to it. You're going to come get it. You may end up coming get it, but if you know the chocolate is in another country or you know the chocolate is somewhere where it's not around there, then maybe that would be something. So you really have to have a conversation and create the parameters with your partners. But I've seen many, many relationships really end because of it. And I'm going to be really frank. Yeah. ¿Qué consejo nos darías como latinos? Y no quiero solamente ex, you know, excluir o incluir solamente a latinos, pero creo que somos la mayoría like, uh, popularidad que no somos abiertos al sexo. No, no hablamos de esto, no hablamos de las cosas que nos gustan, no hablamos de las cosas que queremos. Um, que podamos empezar a decirle a nuestra pareja, ¿sabes qué? Bo? Esto es lo que yo ocupo para ser feliz. Um, Quiero que me hagas así. Quiero que me pongas de esta manera porque muchas mujeres latinas sienten que si el hombre les pide, for example, doggy style, que ya es una ofensa para la mujer porque el marido le está pidiendo esa posición because no es de una mujer hacer cosas así. Sí. Our Latin, Latino community. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there was a couple of questions that you asked. One of them, Um, let's say your husband asks you or your partner asks you, hey, I want to do doggy style. The thing about it, doggy style, is very attractive for a lot of the men. It's the visual that brings that connection. And it doesn't mean there's anything evil about it. In fact, I have a book in the eight, late 1800s that used to be written for part of sex education. And Christianity said also that the only type of position is missionary position. But the truth of it is not. That is not the Kama Sutra and really depending on your body type are, you know, I recommend certain types of positions to have sex. So bringing variety is really important. Um, you, you women have to ask, we have the right for pleasure. The only, this is really every organ in our body has a purpose. Every, every organ in our body, outside, inside, you know, including hair and eyebrows and eyelashes to protect us from the sun and to come. The only organ that has no purpose other than pleasure is a clitoris. So if you're thinking in, from a, coming from a place of religion, then you need to acknowledge that God gave women a clitoris <laughs> for a reason to be able to enjoy this, to enjoy that. What happened is there's just no information or the information is not proper. Like, you know that, that the, the, the full picture, the organ of the clitoris that I talked about, it's about four inches long, which is internal that you can't see, did not go into the anatomy atlas until a few years back. 
So it really is something new. We need to discover it. We need to be, to understand the beauty and the joy and also the health behind it. When women have orgasms, they release oxytocin. Oxytocin is an internal um, chemical that creates the connection. It's in our blood. It's in our saliva. So when we have sex and we kiss, it, it binds us. When women also excrete oxytocin when they breastfeed their baby. So it is it is a gift that exists within our bodies that shows up in specific moments. And we have to acknowledge that that is there for a reason. It's there for health. And, and so women need to go and look and understand and take more classes. And, um, and if you really are having a problems with your partner, you need to ask your partner you know like let's go see someone that can help us you want me to be more open uh i i need to be able to to share this with you and i'd be able to communicate it and there's one thing we didn't even mention the sexual abuse there is so much sexual abuse oh my gosh because i think in great part too is the lack of education you know the lack of uh, and not having availability. So if I if I grow up understanding sexuality all my life, and it's not like you're going to tell a five-year-old how to have sex or you're going to have sex in front of him. That's what a lot of people want. But they understand the being comfortable about their bodies. And you know that a teenager, you start feeling, and you know that it's okay to masturbate. You, you start exercising and then you get curious and you can, you know the where it is that you can create that for a relationship. So it is open. It is a conversation to be had. But if not, there is, there's not. So it becomes a game of a control to take the abuse of a young one that, you know, and in, and in the sad thing about it, you know, it happens to these young girls and little boys and nobody believes them. Right. Para una pareja que tiene, <clears throat> perdón, más de 20, 30 años de casados y tú crees que um, nunca han sido abiertos en su relación, seeking um, professional help is the best way to go about? I do. I work with couples, yeah. Mm -hmm. I work with couples with that, so yes. Um, alguna cosa que yo no... I didn't touch on that you think is important to touch on this podcast before we close out? Um, part of part of sexuality is the place that we are the most vulnerable. Like that is a space that we are so vulnerable and that is the space of an expression of love. There is a sex part and then there is a love part, the connection part. And that is a gift that we need to give to each other as partners. And that to me is so critical, important, and joyful. It is, sex is delicious. It is <laughs> delicious, expressed in many ways, including with it love. It's delicious when you have pleasure, when you both yes. get pleasure out of it, because Again, when we were young and we got married at a young age, I didn't, I, I think it was, it wasn't that it wasn't what I have personally now. Um, for me, our sex life is much better now, 20 years into it than it was a year or two into our marriage. 
yeah. because we didn't know each other, because we didn't know our bodies, because we didn't express what each other liked um, and things like that, that I feel like helped me out personally. And just expressing your needs again, like this is not the way I like it or I don't like to be touched a certain way. Um, maybe do this or it doesn't take yeah. a look, I feel. Um, you said in the beginning of part one that you were from the hood. What helped you be more open-minded? Um, because we, again, venimos de, de religión que no se permite ciertas cosas. O yeah. no puedes hablar de cierta manera porque ya te hace una mala persona. ¿Qué piensas tú que te hizo open-minded? And... Open-minded. Um, I think there's part of it is I started uh, studying psychology I graduated from high school at 16 and I was studying psychology at 17. So like I was, so I was really, really young. And I think that itself was a great contributor to being more open-minded and, and understanding how the body works. And I was helping the community and I was out there doing work with the community by the age of 18. Wow. So, you know, I think I'm in a position that I feel really blessed just by the choices I made in terms of, I, I just love learning in school. That was just me. I just love, but you know, that, that was me. And I didn't have the greatest grades at the beginning. And eventually, you know, when I got it. Um, so, yeah. So for so, me, it's just that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, para nosotros que tenemos teenage kids, how could we break that cycle of learning how to talk to our own kids about sex and how normal it should be. So okay. We don't go and become, you know, young parents or um, things like that. I think that's a great question, Daisy. Uh, one of the things is you need to have a conversation and tell your child, you know, this conversation is really uncomfortable for me. It really is uncomfortable for me to have a conversation when it comes to sex Yet at the same time, I know it's important. I know I'd rather you come to me. And most of the education really comes from pornography. And what you see there is not really going to educate you to be your best sex partner. It really is not going to contribute for you to do that. So you start with that. And, you know, a kid says, oh, mom, it's really uncomfortable. I said, I know. So first of all, then you, then you start having like going talk about masturbation is normal. Like masturbation is a normal thing, you know, you know, that young men and women do. It is a normal mm -hmm. thing that it that it's sensation that your body kind of feels and it just just kind of what just kind of guides you. And when you saw that, Daisy, when you had your little kids, you know, they were around like little girls around the ages of three, four, and they're discovering, you know, their different bodies. They come a point where they find their clitoris and they're touching it and you know, they pega la mama, no, 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 quítate, quítate. You know, it's a it's it's just a natural thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's it's talk to your children about being natural and have them come and just say, you know, when you feel the urge and the desire to have and you come close, you need to make sure you use condoms and talk to them why use condoms, you know, to avoid a, a lot of neural diseases that are out there. There's lots of them. Just like you talk to your kids about drugs. Right. You mm -hmm. talk to them about sex. And um, as well as you and your husband, you know, if both of you feel comfortable. But it, uh, and just, and so it's those things. I learned a lot personally, just from like the questions that people asked and my own personal 
questions, um, porque, again, no, no somos tan abiertos a preguntar cualquier cosa. Mm -hmm. Y uno de latino también, voy a lo mismo, que decir, oh, voy con una psicóloga es algo mal, voy con una sexóloga mm. para que me ayude con mi, con mi um, sexual desire, se sexual needs, um, que piensan que, que es malo. So I, I learned a lot personally. Yo quiero que you share your information for people that are listening, que want to just make an appointment with you and ask questions that they don't dare to ask maybe in my podcast and they want to seek um, professional help and reach out to you. Nos podrías dar um, your Instagram, maybe your Facebook or email. I will also put it on the description of my podcast for people to reach out. Um, pero yo quiero que ellos tengan some sort of way for them to reach yeah. out to you for an appointment. Yeah, what you can do, go on my website and then you can actually set up your own appointment right there. And it's discoverpassionwithdrluz.com. So it's www discover passion with dr loose and it's d-r-l-u-z um dot com so discover passion with dr loose.com you can actually go in there and set up an appointment uh you can also my instagram is discover passion with dr loose and then continuously posting a lot of different information i'm out in the community I'm also on the radio, so you can listen to me in uh, La Pera Radio. I think they're putting two twice, twice I think, on Thursday evenings. And then I'm going to be starting on another radio. I also write for a magazine, so you can always read them articles. But if you really want to look and have an opportunity to work with me, uh, just go to my website, www.discoverpassionwithdrluce.com. Um, and it also has my email, but if you want to something real quick, it's Dr. Luce V1, D-R-L-U-Z, V as in victory, the number one at gmail.com. And all this so Dr. Luce I will v1. be putting yeah. on my details so you guys can always, you know, look forward to, you know, seeing that on my, my page and you guys can always reach out. Um, you are located where and do you do one-on-ones, um, in office or do you do virtual or how does it work now with the whole COVID situation? Everything is virtual. Uh, having things virtual, it's been on Zoom. You know, I work with clients even from, you know, I work with them in Texas. I have them in New York and Mexico, uh, upstate. So it's everything is just kind of ended up working here. Virtual. Perfect. Zoom, yeah. Thank you so much again for saying yes to this invitation and answering people's questions that they wanted to be answered. Y nosotros platicamos antes de conectarnos y te dije que we're from the hood y que we grew up with frases or dichos y que soy malísima en decir frases y dichos, pero me aferro a quererlos decir y aprendo de ellos. So te dije, hazme un favor, Luz. Um, te invito a que nos, um, you share with us una frase o un dicho con nosotros. ¿Cuál sería tu frase o dicho para nosotros hoy? Ok, voy a compartir el dicho que mi mamá me decía cuando, siempre que iba a salir con algún novio o iba a go on a date. Me decía, más vale una gota de sangre que un pedazo de carne. Y tú ya me explicaste qué significaba. Dinos qué significa ese dicho para ti o cuando lo aprendiste. Bueno, mi mamá no me dijo, así que tuve varios años para entender. <risa> no, 
Más vale una gota de sangre que es mejor que tengas tu menstruación que un pedazo de carne quiere decir que un bebé. O sea, que es mejor que si voy a salir con el novio, el novio que no voy a tener relaciones para no quedar embarazada, que tenga mi periodo. That's an amazing dicho. Again, thank you so, so, so much for joining us today. I look forward to doing other collabs, maybe another conversation that people want to hear about and things like that. And I really hope que mi audiencia se tome la um, oportunidad de to reach out to you if they have any concerns just for help. It's not really help. It's just seeking for further education, like you just said it educating ourselves and what we want because again love is amazing having sex is amazing it shouldn't yes. be a thing and we'll leave it at that thank you again Luz I appreciate you so much I hope you enjoy your Sunday today and we'll keep in touch all right thank you so much thank can't you can't wait to see you bye, bye. hasta luego a todos <laughs>